Hello and welcome to On the Other Hand Sir, a podcast for history students. Okay, on with today's podcast. Okay, and we're, we're recording. Now? We're live. Yeah, ready? Yeah. Hi. Diane, Helena, Hi. Audrey. Oh. <laughs> oh no, blood. Oh no, that's a lot of blood. Oh, she's nose bleeding. Yeah. Well, that adds spice to the podcast. Yeah. We need to open it properly. Guys, we have to have more podcast energy. You guys are, like, being recorded right now. She's no spleasy. I'm going to pause it. Her life's in danger. Okay. Okay. Wait. Resume. How does Saddam Hussein rise to power? Well, first of all, I think we we could just uh, give his... We could give a biography of him before he became a dictator. And then we can... While we go, we can point out, like, factors of how he rose to power. So... Tiffany, do you want to um, start with his me? personal life? Um, well, we, we're going to... His whole... Yeah, right. Okay. <clears throat> Saddam was born in Al-Uja, a small village 13 kilometers south of Tikrit on the western bank of the river Tigris in northeast Iraq. In 1947, he went to live with his uncle, Tolfa, an Arab nationalist and Ba'athist who sent him to Karg High School in Baghdad. Because Saddam could not read or write until he was 10 years old, he was used to carry an iron bar around him as a child. And this made him popular with the masses because of his peasant background. And since his rough childhood was rough, it affected him mentally, physically, and emotionally. His stepfather, a caretaker called Hassan al-Ibrahim, was a violent bully who humiliated him and denied his education. His mother was a pregnant widow, and her son had died. So she tried to commit <laughs> so she tried to commit suicide and kill Saddam before his birth. But she eventually gave birth anyways. In 1957, Saddam joined the Ba'ath Party, where he organized thugs to beat up political opponents on the streets of Baghdad. And this wasn't his first experience of violence. He was known for carrying around an iron club with him since he was 10 years old and threatening his schoolmasters with homicide as a child. Saddam means the one who confronts in Arabic. The Ba'ath Party was struggling against the existence of Israel as a state. The Ba'ath Party's motto was unity, liberation, socialism. This this was set up in Syria, and it was an Arab organization to remove colonial influence in the Gulf. They believed in Arab nationalism, and um, Saddam Hussein was a strong believer of that as well. In October 1958, Saddam carried out a ruthless assassination of an opponent in Tikrit who had informed on him. And this shows um, his belief in violence, which uh, will echo in his future. After his failed coup, Saddam went into exile in Damascus for three months. Then he came here to Cairo for his education. In October 1959, Saddam failed to kill Iraq's ruler, General Abdul Karim Qasem. Saddam injured but gained limelight. That was the failed coup Tiffany mentioned earlier. Exactly. So what happened in 1961? 
Well, after Saddam fled to Cairo, he um, studied in the city's um, university. He studied in law. In 1963. Well, the president, um, he attempted to overthrow Lear Qasem, is overthrown and died. And so Saddam left Cairo and was given a minor position in the central farmer's office. In February 1964, Saddam became a member of the Regional Command Council, or RCC, because of loyalty to Hassan al-Bakar, also from Tikrit. And, and a cousin of Kairala Tungfa, which meant Saddam had connections at the top. Now that he was in charge of it, Saddam appointed friends to the RCC to strengthen his position. Another failed coup. Um, happened in 1964 against President Arif and uh, Saddam was jailed for two years. And in July 1966, Saddam escaped, which shows how cunning and smart he is. Saddam got senior army officials on side in a bloodless revolution in July 1968. Arif fled to London and Bakar became president. Saddam was put in charge of the country's security affairs and he knew that armed force was the key to power in Iraq. And because of this position, Saddam was able to uncover or invent conspiracies thanks to his role in the security apparatus. Saddam encouraged oil nationalization, which, which created wealth for ordinary Iraqis. For 11 years, Saddam acted as Backer's deputy. And he also ensured that the USSR, a superpower, was an ally, which made him appear a very astute politician. He was also a mega fan of uh, Joseph Stalin. And he also read about Hitler and the Mafia. After the revolution, he became deputy chairman of the Revolutionary Command Council, second most important man in Iraq. For a <laughs> And um, in the next 11 years, Bakr's health slowly deteriorated and he was encouraged in the end by Saddam with um, violence to step down. At the age of 42, Saddam became the unquestioned leader of Iraq. Now here's Audrey Helena to tell you more <laughs> about his political skills and violent nature. Which one do you, like, which of the factors we mentioned earlier do you think is like it's a greater cause to his rise to power. I think a lot of it um, has, uh, one of the main factors has to do with his upbringing on how like how violent he was um, when he was a child because um, maybe if things were not like, th like this during his childhood, he probably might not have been as violent um, when he became like someone more important. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, I think that political, his political skills are also important because if he didn't have them, he wouldn't have been able to, like, rise, like, you know, be able to rise convince. to the top. So you yeah. think he just had, like, a political talent? Sure. Like Hitler? Yes. Well, I also, I personally think, um, like, nepotism was played, also played a huge factor. You know, like he received a lot of benefits from um, Hassan al-Bakar because of um, like both being from the same, um, both having the same hometown and um, him being cousin of Karala Tofa, you know? Yeah, and he made up a lot of friends.
Yeah, yeah. So Saddam Hussein's connections are really important yeah. from um, being related um, on some level to the um, new prime minister to um, him having cronies and henchmen um, installed in the RCC. So not just political skill, but also social skills. Very important. Yeah. Social skills are like complete ruthlessness, you know, like if everyone's scared of you, that I guess it's also like a good show. Power, that's a like, power. Yeah, like Personality. Machiavellian type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways. Yeah. Is there a personal opinions? Yeah, sure. Tiffany, you can give your like overall judgment. Um. My overall judgment is that I think Saddam rose to power because of his personal life and his background, because his childhood really affected him a lot. And yeah, because him, like if yeah. you like if you had a normal upbringing, your personality uh, would be like you wouldn't would be, you wouldn't be as ruthless or bloody as he was. I guess. Yeah, and you'd be more caring, compassionate. And uh, yeah, but um, when he before he was born, both his father and brother died. And his um, mother tried to abort him because of that. Be- his mother claimed that he wanted to be the only man in the house, like his baby self. So I think th- that's kind of almost like a prophecy for the type of man he would become. Yeah, and like the people around him, t- the the people who raised him, really, you know, influenced him. Like his stepfather. And- yeah. Oh, and his uncle, who he went to live with, who became like sort of a foster parent for him. Yeah was also um, a radical believer of Arab nationalism and was sent to jail for, um, I believe, helping with a Nazi coup, something like that. Yeah. And maybe because he was, like, exposed to all this violence when he was a child, he even, like, uh, he threatened his teachers with a gun. So, rough childhood. <laughs> I mean, not just rough childhood, like, it also shows, like, like how strong he is as a person, just, like, mentally, etc. Like, just different from other people. He was born different. He's just not like other girls. Lana, <laughs> do you have anything to offer? What's your personal opinion? You're on this podcast, too. I mean, like I said before, uh-huh. um, I do believe that a lot of it actually has to do with his upbringing, and as well as what Audrey said, his political things. Like he did his political things, like <laughs> like? Um, like he um, uh, um he were he threatened backer um when he was um like when he was um about to die um say telling him to step down and this is the like the main start of like his power. Yeah. He was married. <laughs> Personally, um, I think his social skills are also really important because, like, um, he he was said to be very convincing, right? So persuasive skills. Persuasive, yeah. <laughs> he was able to, um, have like um have his own little like area, a little gang of believers, which then could also be, <laughs> which could also have um give him confidence or something for him to be able to like think that he could become a leader yes his personality cult yeah oh wait but that's after he became a dictator yeah this is rise to power um oh does anyone want to say anything else
like does anyone know how to like does anyone want to know like does anyone want to conclude this with like one final like opinion like overall does anyone have like a strong or firm belief that like this one factor um really I, helped I really his think background even he admitted himself that his quote life was very difficult in Iraq unquote you can give more oh. from that quote. <laughs> quote, life was very difficult in Iraq. Very few people wore shoes, and in many cases, they only wore them on social occasions. Some peasants would not put their shoes on until they had reached their destination so that they would look smart. Unquote. This is what Saddam Hussein gave to an interview to ABC television in June 1919. So this further concludes how his background really affected him. Mentally, physically, Yeah, Tiffany's right, because yeah. um, only, like, something from, like, if you, like, read from his childhood, we mentioned in a lot of times, only something from that, like, um, that amount of, like, terribleness and unluckiness does, like, can create a man like that. Like, you know how they say, like, like you know how when you put pressure, a lot of pressure on carbon, it turns into a diamond? It's kind of like that, right? It's like when you put a lot of pressure onto this when you have so many of these like terrible factors and traumatic experiences on a person like only then can it breed like a child like that and turn it into a mm-hmm. man like that yeah and his strength and perseverance really let him ride to the diamond. top yeah. he's a diamond in the rough <laughs> <laughs> but aren't yeah. diamonds like a good thing unless they're supposed to carbon all diamonds are blood diamonds the end. <laughs> that that's a really um mysterious ending. <laughs> yeah. All tokens are bad. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Diana. <laughs> I thank you guys. Oh, Back to the studio. Part of the audio has been replaced because Helena made a mistake. I'm sorry.